United States Institute of Peace, along with Sirius XM's POTUS Channel 124, now present their weekly podcast. If you missed it, that was a rather historic flight, 24 hours. It's been on the ground. Israel's first-of-its-kind delegation to the United Arab Emirates getting a royal welcome. Jared Kushner, senior advisor to the president, one of those on the trip. He said that Israel has agreed to suspend annexation for now after the country had agreed with the United Arab Emirates to work toward normalization, which would make the third Arab nation to have full relations with Israel. Iran's supreme leader has called the UAE's recognition of Israel treason. Here is Jared Kushner. A lot of people uh, were very envious of the move that the United Arab Emirates made. Uh, A lot of people want access to uh, the technology and economy and uh, a lot of the different advancements that Israel has. I mean, Israel's like another Silicon Valley for the Middle East. By the way, this is called the Abraham Accord. The governments of Israel, the United Arab Emirates, announcing they had agreed to the full normalization of relations. Let's understand what's in and what is not in the deal and what this means. Joining us is Robert Barron, United States Institute of Peace Program Officer for Israeli-Palestinian Conflict Program, the Twitter handle at USIP. Robert Barron, welcome. Thank you for being here today. Thank you for having me, Tim. I know you've uh, you've written about this and discussed it in general terms. Can you sort of lay out why this is important to people? We've had some discussions about it, but obviously it gets overwhelmed by some of the other things we're talking about. So help people understand better what the Abraham Accord's about. Sure. Uh, so on August 13th, as we were all sort of settling in with our coffee, the president tweeted that he had a big announcement to make. Uh, and within a few minutes, the White House released a joint statement between the United States, Israel and the United Arab Emirates that they had agreed to normalize relations. Uh, this is the uh, this is a big step. The only two countries that Israel has normalized relations with are countries that it has peace treaties with. So that's Jordan and Egypt. This would be uh, sort of a break from the consensus in the Arab world and the Muslim world that they will not uh, normalize relations with Israel until the establishment of a Palestinian state. This is uh, especially the precedent since 2002 with the Arab Peace Initiative, which was spearheaded by uh, Saudi Arabia. Uh, And so for the Emirates to uh, agree to normalize relations with Israel uh, is sort of a break from that. And the reasoning behind this uh, has been coming for a while. The Emirates have had uh, pretty, a pretty good working relationship with Israel for much of the past decade. Uh, this is largely driven around security concerns. Uh, both Israel and the Emirates view Iran as the primary concern in the region, but also shared interests around uh, economic issues, trade, trans, uh, transfer of technologies, and uh, cultural exchange. The Emirates have uh, worked to uh, sort of bolster its image as a, uh, a pluralist society. They've invested in Uh, cultural projects, art, uh, religious uh, exchange, these kinds of things. So uh, combine those issues with uh, the efforts of the Trump administration to sort of build ties between Israel and the Gulf, and here's where we are. Uh, Yesterday, as you mentioned, was a a big step. A Israeli and American delegation flew directly between Israel and Abu Dhabi uh, to sign the beginning of this uh, accord. They signed a financial services agreement that will open up trade between uh, Israel and the United Arab Emirates. Uh, and that's the first step. And we'll see over the next two weeks uh, further negotiations between Israel um, and the UAE. Do you see this as an icebreaker or a one-off? It's a, it's a great question, million-dollar question. So initially, after this was announced, there were a number of rumors that other Arab states may follow suit. So in contention was Bahrain, uh, Saudi Arabia potentially, Oman, Sudan, Morocco, 
Uh, and as you saw as well, uh, immediately after uh, the meeting uh, yesterday, uh, Jared Kushner flew to Bahrain to meet with the government there and then on to Saudi Arabia and is rumored to be going to cut their necks uh, to try to see if he can get momentum for other states to join uh, this step. Uh, as of right now, it does not look like there will be other Arab states jumping on this train. The Bahrainis uh, reportedly said that uh, they will not normalize with Israel until Saudi Arabia normalizes. The Saudis said they will not normalize until a Palestinian state is established according to old parameters. And so it doesn't look like uh, other Arab states are uh, going to be joining this uh, move, but uh, they're still working on it. The uh, American government has has put a lot of effort into uh, seeing if they can uh, get some momentum here. Sounds like go ask your mother, go ask your father. Uh, but to, to the point you're making about the administration, I was curious, you say that this is over 10 years, there has been maybe a softening of relations between Israel and United Arab Emirates. They've had more cooperation. How much of a role did the U.S. play, maybe specifically Jared Kushner, if you think you can, you can give us some sense of that? How much mm-hmm. did, role did this administration play in furthering this agreement? Uh, well, it's unclear exactly uh, the degree to which uh, the, uh, the Trump administration and Jared Kushner specifically were involved as a broker, but it seems pretty clear that uh, they played a significant role. Uh, and this has not just happened under the Trump administration. The Obama administration, particularly at the end, under Secretary Kerry, uh, had put some effort into trying to couch a solution to the Israeli-Palestinian conflict into uh, warmer regional ties. What role can the Gulf play uh, and Israel's uh, partner states in Egypt and Jordan, um, what role can they play in trying to uh, improve the landscape? And so this is perhaps a long time coming. I think it definitely represents a, uh, a upcoming generation of leadership in the Gulf. Uh, Mohammed bin Zayed, the crown prince of Abu Dhabi and, and uh, the United Arab Emirates, uh, definitely puts a lot of priority on um, the Emirates' uh, security and uh, its regional diplomacy. Uh, and this is one more step in that direction. There are two other questions, and again, Robert Barron with this USIP program officer for Israeli-Palestinian conflict program. The two other questions that seem to me loom large. One, is the U.S. going to sell F-35s to the United Arab Emirates? And number two, uh, are they really stopping the settlements uh, that Israel had said that they were going to stop? So if you could just, those two, I think, are, are burning questions for a lot of people. Yes, sir. And that's exactly, uh, those are two <laughs> correct questions. The, uh, let's take them one by one. The F-35 issue, uh, to give a little bit of background for our listeners, uh, the United States policy is to help maintain Israel's military edge in the region. Uh, so we offer uh, Israel access to the most high-tech technology, military technology, the F-35 being the highest uh, class of uh, fighter jet the United States has available. Uh, only Israel has access to that in the Middle East at the moment. Now, with the, this new agreement, uh, the Emiratis have said that they would like to purchase F-35s. The uh, Trump administration has said that they are open to it. Uh, the Israelis have, uh, to varying degrees, balked uh, at the F-35 sales. They're not um, thrilled to be seeing technology proliferate throughout, throughout the region. Uh, but it doesn't seem it seems like this may move forward. And this may, again, just be uh, an allowance the Trump administration has made for Prime Minister Netanyahu to raise his objections uh, and then uh, proceed. It doesn't seem likely that 
Israel and the United Arab Emirates are on a path towards conflict at any point. So sale of weapons to uh, the Emirates, in any case, uh, a lot of Israeli security-minded folks would say uh, they'd be used towards the same end if, if conflict did break out with Iran, for example. Uh, so the F-35 issue seems like it's moving forward, but again, we still don't know uh, the specifics how it play out. It may play out more over the next two weeks to a month. Uh, on the issue of uh, annexation and occupation, uh, the issue we have not gotten to yet in our interview is the Palestinians. Uh, the Palestinians have, uh, of course, called the Emirati decision a betrayal. Um, it does not, while it does, it seems suspend Israeli annexation of 30% of the West Bank, which has been what was in the works over the course of the summer. Uh, it does not take, uh, it does not put a timeline on that. The Israelis have not said that it's going to be a permanent uh, halt of annexation. They said it's a suspension, and then Yahoo continues to say that it's a priority that he has. Uh, so creeping annexation continues. Large-scale annexation seems to be stopped for the moment, but is not uh, halted altogether, it seems. Although yesterday was an interesting development. A senior Emirati official, the head of policy planning in the foreign ministry, said that they have assurances from the United States that annexation uh, will not take place, even if the Israelis say it's only a temporary suspension. So, again, the annexation issue is a uh, is a bit up in the air uh, over as far as how far uh, this agreement will go and how much it will be clarified uh, once we reach a final agreement and a signing ceremony. Robert, I appreciate your spending time with us. Thanks for clarifying so many things here on POTUS. Thanks. Thank you for having me. Robert Barron, United States Institute of Peace Program Officer for the Israeli-Palestinian Conflict Program. Details to be worked out, but still some promise in the Abraham Accord, the agreement, the United Arab Emirates and Israel. He is tweeting at USIP. This podcast has been brought to you by the United States Institute of Peace and Sirius XM's POTUS, Channel 124.